What's up, everybody? Dan, Binder Boneyard, coming at you from the office desk of the shop. Um, it is a dark, cold, gray night here, um, Central Oregon. It, uh, it was a nice day, super sunny, but uh, man, it gets cold at night, and I don't want to hear about it from you Canadians about how cold it gets in Moose Dropping, Saskatchewan, or wherever you live. It's still cold here. So uh, thank you for listening. Thank you for following along. Um, remember to like and share and subscribe to the channel. Um, follow along on all the social media platforms. Uh, our YouTube channel is really going to be kicking off here pretty soon. Uh, get some camera stuff together. Going to really start editing out some, some videos and um, going to probably start doing... Joe Rogan style uh, <laughs> podcasts where you can actually watch the podcast uh, via uh, YouTube. So we'll see how that goes. Uh, it might not be worth watching because <laughs> it might not have anything interesting, but uh, still going to do it. So anyway, thank you for following along and uh, all the support and the love. So um if you want to support us financially, you're more than welcome to. Uh, we do have a Patreon account. Um, just hit Patreon, Binder Boneyard. You can donate a dollar a month, whatever. It it all helps. It all goes to the greater good. These things don't uh, don't pay for themselves. I do have to pay somebody to edit them and and put them out there. So anyway, um, yeah, I appreciate you guys very much. So, uh, a lot of these podcasts I base on um, what's going on in my life, what I've seen, something I saw, some, some sort of catalyst that sets off my uh, thought process, you know, to like, hey, that would make a good podcast. So, this cast is no different. I recently got new tires for my red truck. Uh, if you don't know, it's the 60, 64, 1200 Travelette, uh, three-quarter ton, four-wheel drive. Um, I bought some old-school uh, 750-16 bias ply tires. They're very narrow, tall, skinny. Some people call them pizza cutters. A very aggressive tread. Um, so they... Um, they are period correct. They look right. And so um, I wanted to go that route. I had Toyo M55s, which is a modern tire, radial tire uh, mounted on there. And yes, you can mount radial tires with tubes on split ring wheels. Um, a lot of tire shops will tell you that you can't or just simply because they don't want to. But um, it is doable as possible. Um, and so, yeah. Um, so today's talk is going to be about tires and maybe some wheels. <laughs> so first of all, get into the old stuff, the split rings, split rims, which you'll hear people 
use that term. Um, they are similar but different. Um, split rims actually come apart in the middle. Uh, they're like interlocking pieces that go together. Um, and they are kind of dangerous. Uh, they those are really the ones that when you hear people talk about widow makers and whatnot it's it's those um, just the way they're designed uh, I personally haven't dealt with them a lot um, you see a lot of those on the one ton and larger trucks um, you don't I don't know I mean even my K well my K5 my 45 had split rims. I do remember that. I still have a set out there, but uh, I didn't dismount them. I didn't do anything like that. They just, we unbolted them off of the axle and threw them in a pile. So I haven't dealt with them much, um, but I don't ever recall seeing split rim like that where they break apart in the middle on anything smaller than a one ton, um, you know, 1300 or K3 or something like that. Um, what you will see a lot of in the half ton and three quarter tons is the split ring wheel where the wheel shell itself is all one piece and it's just missing the bead lip on one side. Uh, the bead is where the inside rim of the tire seats to the rim. Uh, that's called the bead. And you'll see that on split rings will have a whole wheel it looks like a normal wheel but then it just will have no lip and then the ring is what makes the bead of the you know it, it's so i believe <laughs> i could be wrong uh, i usually am that this setup is so that you could do your own tire changes uh, you know, back in the day, in the quote-unquote old days, vehicles were made so that they could be worked on anywhere, anytime, by just about anybody with normal tools. You didn't need specialty anythings. Um, and you still, like, you can still change your tires today. Like, you can change your drop center wheels with tire spoons and some muscle uh but you know a tire machine makes all the difference uh if you want it done quickly and accurately um but in the old days you know split ring wheels you could change that you could change the tire on the side of the road uh if you had uh you know one tire spoon and some way to air up a tube uh so I think the way they, they thought that stuff out back in the day was to just make it so, you know, anybody could do it. Um, but, you know, it made it a little dangerous. So the split rings are less dangerous than split rims, I believe, but still shouldn't be disrespected. Um you know, and then the next style is what they would refer to as a drop center wheel. Um, they have a different wheel shell shape. Those are like what traditional wheels are today. Um, you know, they started those in the late 60s and um, 
and eventually everyone went that route just because they were safer. They were easier to work with if you had a tire machine and they use less moving parts. You know, they don't use a tube, um, you know, bias ply tires and um, I'm sorry, old split rings and split rim tires. You had to have a tube. Uh, and so, you know, now with drop centers, you don't need a tube. So there's less parts that go into it. And it just, um, you know, I can see why they moved that direction, but, um, when I did the mount and dismount and mount of my super bias ply tires, uh, it was a real fight. The tires had been mounted on the rims for so long. The Toyos had been on there for almost 20 years. The liners that go in between the tube and the wheel had pretty much bonded with the rim or with the wheel on the inside. Uh, so even though you pull the valve stem core and let all the air out, they were still stuck. So I had to feed um, a bar down in there to break the bond between the liner or the flap and the wheel. And it was a nightmare. You know, I went through a gallon of soapy water and everything, trying to get everything to come apart. Um, you know, um, getting the ring off of the of the diameter of the wheel wasn't too bad. I had a pry bar that fit the slot. And so, you know, after I let all the air out and knew there was no pressure on that ring, then you can pry the ring off with the, uh, with the pry bar and, and then work the tube loose, work the flap loose, and eventually peel the tire out through the rim or push the rim out through the tire and uh, clean it up, make sure it's not rusty, uh, too rusty. Make sure the lips where the lock ring grabs the wheel doesn't have any debris in it. And uh, you can remount your new tire with the tube and flap and throw it on there. Um, I watched some YouTube videos about it just so that I knew I was doing the right thing. Because, yeah, I mean, even, even I still uh, watch the YouTubes quite a bit. Uh, I'm, I'm definitely no expert on everything and I'm definitely not ashamed to admit, uh, I use the YouTubes because, you know, split rings came on everything, not just internationals. So there's a lot of resources for them out there. Um, and so I knew I would have a good chance of finding out the information that I needed without dying. Um, a lot of the old timers that I try to talk to about it, you know, they all just parrot the same stuff over and over like oh god you're gonna die don't do it but um you know i know that i i had confidence that it would work out uh so what i ended up doing was uh after i put the tire back on the wheel got the snap ring in place the lock ring around the outside in place i made a um remote filler you know i could put the air chuck on the stem valve stem and then go hide 20 feet away and i was putting uh, five pounds of air in at a time and then i'd go whack the lock ring with a hammer the dead blow rubber hammer and to make sure that it's seated and then um, i had a chain wrapped around the wheel through the center of the wheel and around the tire multiple times uh, to catch the ring if it were to blow off of there which if the ring came off, it would kill somebody. Um, that's why they're 
you know, people talk about how dangerous those things are. Because when that tire pressure pushes that ring off, it will grenade. Uh, so I was putting five pounds in, beating the ring, five pounds, beat the ring. And eventually what happens is the sidewall will start to bulge and force the ring to actually clamp down onto the rim even tighter and then it holds itself then it just relies on air pressure uh, and the rim or the wheel edge to hold it on uh, so once i got up to like 40 pounds and it hadn't blown off i knew it was going to stay until i got to 60 pounds but i still treated it with a lot of respect still beat the ring every five pounds still didn't put my face right in front of it uh, even mounting it on the truck i tried to stay off to the side um, you know, I really didn't feel safe about them until after I'd put 20 or 30 miles on them and knew that they were going to hold up. Uh, I've been checking the air pressure regularly. They're still holding at 60. So I'm confident that I did a good job on that. So, um, those are the older tires. That's what I did. Drop center wheels. You can run bias ply or radials, um, radials, are much more comfortable on the road. They're usually steel belted, um, pretty durable. The bias plies are usually nylon corded uh, and they can get, you'll hear some guys talk about them getting flat spots. If they sit in your driveway for a week and then you go to drive it, they will kind of thump, 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 thump down the road until they get warm and then they start to round out again. Um, so, you know, that's really the only difference between the bias plies and the radials uh, for most of us normal people. There's all kinds of other op other differences, but um, it really doesn't apply or it's not. It, I don't want to get down in the weeds on the differences between that stuff because it doesn't affect you as much as you think it would. Um, you know, the other thing since talking about tires, you know, there's really wide tires and there's really narrow tires. I like the really skinny, tall tire uh, because I believe in contact patch and the smaller the contact patch means more pressure per square inch. Um, so what that means is like in a mud hole, you're not going to float on top. You're going to just go straight to the bottom. But when you get to the bottom, if the mud hole has a bottom, what's touching the ground is a lot of force. In the old days, guys referred to these skinny tires as grave diggers because sometimes what would happen, and I've been there, is that if you spin your wheel, instead of going forward, you actually would just dig straight down. And so... Um, you know, the tall skinny tires are not something you want to just like burn out and, you know, try to throttle your way out of a, out of getting stuck because a lot of times you'll just go straight down instead of forward. Um, and I know you're like, oh God, what a terrible tire. And yeah, they aren't the best at everything, but for a truck made in the sixties, this is the tire that it had. That's what they designed the truck to roll on are these kinds of tires. And so that's why I wanted to go that route. It actually drives really nice down the road. It handles good. It turns well. It doesn't take as much effort to turn the steering wheel because uh, your contact patch is smaller. It's a you know narrow tire, a lot smaller contact patch. 
Um, and there was a crazy difference between those and the Toyos that I was running before because I was running a traditional 265, 75, 16 Toyo, and it took a lot more steering wheel input to get it to turn. It was a lot harder to maneuver in parking lots. So I'm glad I went with the, the narrow tire. Um, so, you know, you talk about contact patch. Uh, so you're going to go the other direction if you have a lot of um, sand, uh, mud that you want to stay on top of. You want a wider tire with a bigger footprint to spread you out over on top of it all. Um, you know, same for snow. If you're trying to float on top of snow, you're really going to want the widest tire that you can run. Um, you know, we were wheeling years ago back when I was doing a lot of wheeling I wheeled with guys that had gone out of their way saved all their money and bought like 49 inch IROX which are like 17 inches wide or some shit they're huge big tires and then they let you know all the air out except for like three pounds and their rigs would float for the most part on top of most of the snow um they'd sink some but for the most part would stay up on top and then that would help kind of bed the trail in for us guys that were on you know maybe like i had 37s on my scout uh, and i was running i had beadlocks so i ran at two pounds of air with the beadlock wheels and um you know i stayed i was if i stayed in their tracks i did pretty good uh and same for in the sand you know you air down to 10 or 12 pounds in the sand you can get around pretty well um yeah you might not be climbing cadillac hill or something like that but you get around you're not going to get as stuck uh as quickly anyways so you know that's another um you know tire thing like if you want depending on your terrain i wouldn't tr i wouldn't take the red truck out in the sand dunes with these 750s i would just i wouldn't go anywhere uh, even if I aired them down, which I wouldn't recommend airing down split ring wheels, um, just because the ring, the tire pressure on the ring is what helps keep them seated. So you're really asking for trouble airing down a split ring tire. Consider as the traction, tread pattern, uh, mud terrain, you know, big aggressive lug tires, um, a lot of voids. The voids in between each lug are to help th let the mud snow clear out so that it can be available to grab the next handful of mud. Uh, you know, all terrain, so maybe some aggressive tread, but still the tread is, is tighter and um, you have less air between the pieces. So if you'll see an all terrain tire in the mud, it just turns into a brown donut pretty quick. Uh, so, you know, if you're doing a lot of mud and, or you live in wet climates, um, you know, I would recommend you head with a mud terrain. Uh, even if you're not wheeling often, it just a couple times a year. I don't know. I mean, these tires anymore, they wear well. You can, uh, rotate regularly. That helps keep them alive. I wouldn't do a lot of burnouts that kind of shortens your tire life quite a bit. But, um, you know, I, I really don't have a problem with mud terrains in a lot of instances. Um, 
But, you know, a lot of my customers hardly ever go off-road, or if they do, it's dry gravel roads, forest service roads, don't see a lot of moisture at all, especially the Midwestern, East Coast guys. They park their scouts in October and don't get them out again until May. Um, so their wheeling style is drier. So I, I try to go for more of an aggressive all-terrain, again, in a radial um just because that that's the terrain for them but you know west coast guys who wheel off-road or, or spend a lot of time year round i i try to push them towards mud terrains um unless of course they just say like no it's going to be driven on the highway only then all terrains is is where i go but i never ever recommend a street tire for any customer ever um I mean, why have a four-wheel drive if you're going to run super, you know, if you're going to run 22-inch rubber band tires, don't just, yeah, don't have a, don't have a four-wheel drive. But uh, that's just my opinion. Um, so, you know, the other thing to, to mention is rim diameter. You know, from the factory, they came with 15s. Uh, the Scouts did. The trucks, three-quarter tons, one tons, and bigger had 16, 16, 16.5, 17, 17, 17.5, 19.5 on even bigger trucks. So, um, you know, the 15-inch wheels are kind of going away. A lot of tire manufacturers are phasing out their 15-inch tire sizes um, just because no one's making a light truck with a 15-inch wheel anymore. Even Rangers and... S10s, you know, they're 16 and 17 inch wheels. So uh, a lot of our restorations, I try and encourage people to run a 16 or 17 inch wheel. Um, One, it allows for a lot of tire options. It opens you up to tires with a higher weight capacity and are more durable. They wear better, they last longer, they're more puncture resistant because they're meant for a heavier truck. You know, they're meant for a, a three-quarter ton or one-ton truck you know, that might go down the road at 8,000 pounds, whereas your Scout weighs 5,000 pounds, so you're going to benefit from the load capacity and the durability, um, and, and, you know, that's all good things. Uh, the nice thing about a 17-inch wheel, if you're running like a 33-inch tire, is limited sidewall. And, you know, less sidewall means less flex, meaning when you go around corners, you don't get a bunch of tire roll. It stays stiffer, so it handles better. You know, anything to keep the handling on these old trucks, uh, you know, is is a good option. I, You know, you see a 15-inch wheel with a 42-inch tire wrapped around it, and it's got a gigantic sidewall. You know, it's just asking for a puncture wound off-road. Uh, and going down the road, it just wobbles like crazy. So, you know, I recommend a 17. If you're going with a 33, I think a 17 is is a great uh, wheel choice. 16 is still good. Um, we've done a lot of 16-inch wheels on builds. Tires are readily available. Again, it's a durable tire, um, easy-to-find wheel. Um and it gives you some room around the steering components and other things that are kind of close when you're running a 15-inch wheel. Uh, you know, again, with the 15s, 
I'm sorry, with a 16 or 17, you're going to want to run like a three and three quarter backspace to help give you a little bit of room, especially if you're running like a 12.5 tire. 12.5 is the width. Um, you know, you need to move it away from the truck a little bit to get it away from the springs and the frame and steering stuff. So a three and a half or three and three quarter backspace wheel is, um, is what I recommend pretty much across the board. Um, so yeah, there's, um, some tire, tire stuff. I didn't write anything down. I just rambled off my head. So hopefully it wasn't too incoherent. Um, you know, the, the wider tires do grip better on the road, um, bias versus radial. You know, I recommend most people run radials. I only ran bias because I like the look and I like that my truck kind of was built around that kind of tire. So it seems correct for me to be on that tire. Uh, and the nice thing is, is when I upgrade to eight lug axles, um, in a couple of months, I will just transfer those tires over to regular drop center steel wheel and, uh, and be good to go again. So, um, you know, that's why I did what I did, but, um, yeah, like, uh, hopefully that answered some people's questions or at least helped, um, steer you guys in some direction. Cause, uh, I, I do get questions now and again about people wanting to know about what tire they should run with this lift or, you know, what I think about this brand versus that brand or aluminum versus steel. And, um, you know, some of it's preference and, I really don't mind a steel wheel, a little heavier, but they're awful durable. Uh, aluminum wheels require you know, longer wheel studs usually, and uh, they're more expensive by far, a little bit harder to get. But, you know, if, if you want them, you want them. So, um, you know, that's what, uh, that's what I think. That's what people ask me about. So I don't have a problem with steel, but aluminum wheels are nice. Um, yeah. So hopefully that answers some questions. Hopefully I didn't confuse you too much. Uh, again, thank you for listening. Um, shoot me an email, uh, binder boneyard podcast at Gmail. See if you've got any questions or podcast recommendations. So, all right, everybody. Thanks for listening. Uh, until next time I'm Dan from binder boneyard. Mm -hmm.